an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. What's up, Open Floor Globe? I'm your host, Michael the Podpina, and I'm joined on the other line by my good friend, Sports Illustrated senior writer, Chris Herring. Chris, the regular season is almost over. How are you doing, man? Are you ready for the playoffs? Uh, yes. You sound it. Part of me just kind of feels like I don't, I make a point to not, not watch much college. I think you as you know, as people that do this job know, it's kind of so much to already make the time to watch pro as much as we do. So it's very difficult for me to kind of slot in college, but I felt like the tournament was interesting this year. I'm kind of not totally looking forward to just like watching games all day when we have like the four games. It's basically like Christmas every day for weeks on end with like also writing responsibility. It's just like, yo, so I'm kind of not looking forward to diving into all that, but I'm looking forward to good basketball. What I'm also not looking forward to is submitting my vote for these ballots. Like they're just brutal. And I I still, I don't know, just brutal. So there's a lot of things I'm not looking forward to right now, to be honest. AKA you are uh, very much looking forward to our conversation on today's show. Nope. We will be, uh, speaking of, we will be opening up the mailbag and we will be giving our official all NBA and MVP picks. Um, In general, we'll be having a ton of fun. So uh, first, a quick reminder to our wonderful listeners to please keep your emails coming. Uh, the play-in is next week. I, I want to hear emails about it. Come on, people. Uh, openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. Uh, all right. So, uh, Chris, I want to start with a conversation about a team that might have the most vocal 
or aggressive fan base in terms of uh, people who email openfloormail at gmail.com. And that is the the Toronto Raptors, yeah. 2019 <laughs> world champs. Uh, Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Fleet, Nick Nurse, Masai Ujiri. Just let's go. They're just so much fun. Uh, last night, the Raptors humbled the Philadelphia 76ers without Fred Van Fleet in a game that may very well lead to these two teams squaring off in the first round. Um, I've previously said that Toronto said and thought that Toronto was a very bad matchup for the Philadelphia 76ers. I last night's game watching it really reinforced that thought, even though Matisse Thibel did not play because he is not fully vaccinated. Uh, so that's another just a, a wrench to throw in this whole conversation that we don't really need to address too deeply. But uh, Chris, I know you didn't get a chance to catch last night's particular game, but Toronto's been hot of late, I would say. Um, how good do you think this team actually is heading into the playoffs? I think they're they're very good. And, um, you know, I it's weird. I didn't get a chance to watch the game, but I got a chance to to ask Nick nurse some questions yesterday before the game. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to do something on the Raptors relatively soon. As far as the story is concerned, I just think you remember a story. One of the stories that stands out most to me of like all the ones I can remember from the last five, 10 years is one that Tom Haberstroh wrote about the Memphis Grizzlies. This was the grit and grind Grizzlies and the fact that they were basically like the best team in the clutch for like four years in a row. I really liked the story and I really liked kind of the, the supposition it made at the end or, you know, even towards the top was just the idea that the Grizzlies play so slow relative to everyone else in the league that when games slow down, the Grizzlies are already used to it. So it's not really the game changing for them. It's just like a continuation of what they already do. There's a lot of that in these Raptors from a playoff standpoint, just from, I, I used this phrase when I tweeted about the Raptors a couple games I was watching theirs last week. They're beautifully weird. They're just such an odd team. There's limbs everywhere. I guess I shouldn't say that. There are arms everywhere. It made it sound like we were, you know, we're talking about like a war or something. <laughs> um, anyway, it's arms everywhere. It's just a long team, which I mean, obviously, that's not news to anyone, but like particularly, I think you see it even more. At least yesterday, they had Malachi Flynn playing, but most nights where they don't have Van Vliet, like they're okay. So they're not using a point guard at all. Instead, they're just rolling out there with a bunch of dudes that are 6'9", like basically all of them. In games where they don't have Malachi Flint or Fred Van Vliet, everybody in their lineup is 6'5 or taller. And then beyond that, I think after Gary Trent, everyone is like 6'8 or taller. So it's just a team. Everybody has length. Everybody's got a 7-foot wingspan. It's impossible to like get around them easily. It's hard to shoot over them. Um, and because they're forced into it between Scotty Barnes and Siakam and other guys, everybody, you know, that you've got guys that are handling the ball that are all like LeBron sized as well. Um, which just create, like they could see over everybody. Siakam's had a couple triple doubles in the last few weeks, which, you know, before last week, he'd had one in his career. He's had two in the last week. So there's just a lot that I would not look forward to about them playing against them guys 
are starting to seemingly be more comfortable. Uh, Achua is hitting threes and, and has the confidence to hit them. Uh, defensively, they're a nightmare. Nick Nurse, part of what I was saying before about the Memphis example, the idea that they seem prepared for the playoffs. The playoffs are responding to kind of like the situation you're in as far as what the other team is doing, as far as an injury happening, as far as foul trouble. This team has kind of had to experiment all year just because injuries, because Nick Nurse enjoys coaching a weird team that Masai Ujiri has put together because um, Nick Nurse is going to kind of throw the kitchen sink at you from a zone standpoint in the middle of a game, in the middle of a quarter. This team is prepared, and I just I, – I think they've got too many things they're good at. They can get hot from three. I would not look forward to playing them at all if I was anyone, let alone Philly, which has its own stuff to work out seemingly. Precious Shachua last night uh, grabbed a defensive rebound – Dribbled up the floor and jacked up a three. I did see that part. (laughs) It's like, what is going on? Um, And it doesn't look like, I mean, it stands out enough, but it's like they've been doing stuff like that. And like that, that was maybe an extreme for him, but he's shown an ability to hit these shots. And it like he, this time last year, earlier this year, this is not stuff we were looking for from him. Uh, it's, it's just a team that I feel like they're growing still. And it was really easy to kind of think that this team was going to make a jump this year, um, without even knowing that Scotty Barnes was going to be as good as he's been. And I think he deserves every bit of the rookie of the year conversation. Like he's making me rethink my idea that I've been kind of locked into Evan Mobley. Um, wait, Chris, on that note, can you see my t-shirt? Did you get one of these? Uh, you know what? Oh, that's funny. They <laughs> sent me a buttload of stuff this past week. I haven't opened any of it. Um, for our listeners, I'm wearing a Scotty Barnes Rookie of the Year t-shirt that the Toronto Raptors mailed me um, to coerce my vote, to buy they my also vote. Sent me, they also sent me Gary <laughs> Trent Jr. Memor- like, you know, same, propaganda, same. which I, I haven't opened any of it. It's not just the Raptors. In fairness, I haven't opened the stuff that uh, the Utah Jazz sent me either. Um, I think I have other. I've got emails. Someone called me complimenting my book out of the blue the other day. And I was like, oh, so you need my so you need my vote for something. Thanks. Like PR person I haven't heard from in six years. Uh, so so it's it, it's a little I was in Whole Foods the other day. Somebody called me about the Warriors. I'm just like, good Lord, man. So um, no, I have not opened it. It's uh, <laughs> it's 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 silly. It's that silly time of year. But anyway, Scotty Barnes deserves to be in that conversation. Like, I, I, I just think. It, it, there's three guys that clearly are deserving, I think, at this point. And you have a fourth and fifth guy, quite frankly, that statistically are really good. That statistic, like Franz Wagner in a normal-ass year could be rookie of the year without, like, numbers-wise, he has a stronger case than, like, anybody that's oh, played if in recent was, years. If he you know? was on the Warriors, he would be in this conversation very people would be vociferous about his case. If he was on the magic in most years with this stat line that he's put up and not just the stat line, he looks it like he's, he's good. And is playing every game. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, it's just a tough year, man. Like, I don't know. 
I don't know. I'm I'm being a chicken about a lot of my votes so far, but uh, you that are. team is that team is legit, and I don't. I I would want nothing to do with having to play them, if only for Nick Nurse and the wrenches he's going to throw on what he does um, and what he tries. But I think out of necessity, they've had to try a lot of crazy stuff, and a lot of it has stuck to the wall. I'll put it that way. Our, our producer Shelby just wrote us a note saying that he wants the Gary Trent Jr. stuff. Um, <laughs> I, I apologize, but uh, the Gary Trent Jr. T-shirt that was mailed out—I've um, already worn it once. It's actually <laughs> incredible. I'm going to be wearing it in public like all summer long. Uh, no offense to Gary Trent Jr. I wish it was another player on it. It was a little cooler. Sorry, Gary Trent Jr. Um, wow. But uh, first of all, uh, no, I'm sorry. But it's like, what is he really in the most improved player? Like, is he top ten for you in that? I, I, we're doing like a little sidebar here, but like, I, I, I think tangent. he's probably, I think he's probably like a long list candidate. I looked at it, and I think his case is just kind of whatever. Like, like there, there have been games where I watch him, and I think that where he's he good. has games where he hits seven, eight, nine threes. But Absolutely. Uh, I just think I'm he's not good. sure I'm, that. Yeah, yeah. Just there's a lot of guys player. that could be on that list ahead of him in my opinion but i think he's had a good season so anyway uh the with that win last night the raptors i mean they were already basically locked into the fifth seed and beating the sixers it looks like the sixers have something like 60 percent chance to finish uh fourth and you look at kind of how things are shaping up and there's still a couple games to be played this weekend and it's nothing is cemented yet. But honestly, if we know Miami's number one, if Toronto plays the Sixers in the first round, I'm picking Toronto in that series and I'm not based on just how James Harden has looked. I'm just not like, I, I think it's, 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 DEFCON 1, DEFCON 5. I don't even know which DEFCON is the bad DEFCON, but it's <laughs> it's it's not looking good for the Philadelphia 76ers right now. And I'm picking Toronto in that series. And then, like, Toronto also matches up fine with the Miami Heat, assuming the Miami Heat beat whoever they play, who is the eighth seed. And... All of a sudden, it's like, it's not crazy for the Toronto Raptors, this team that was basically an afterthought for the entirety of the regular season. It is not an afterthought, or it's not um, impossible for them to make a conference finals run. And then once you get to the conference finals, who knows? And Pascal Siakam is, we're not going to, I don't want to step on the All-NBA conversation too much, but he has been ridiculous, as you were saying. Van Van Vliet is an all-star. And is the like if they make the conference finals, how what degree of surprised, astonished? What are you? What's your reaction going to be to that? I'm not. No, I'm 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 dead serious. And like, it's not. This is not a recent thing. Um, They've been playing well for a while now. Um, Again, everything they have done on some level has been somewhat out of necessity, um, because up until a week and a half ago, they weren't like safely in the playoffs. They were a play in team. Um, So they've had to kind of charge things up, but they've had talent all along. I think it's kind of fitting into roles and again, trying different things. Sometimes you're, it's going to backfire. They've got a lot of young guys on that roster. They've had a lot of injuries. 
maybe their best defender on their whole team has missed a huge chunk of the season. Um, you know, and so there's there's that. They again, they've they've been playing most of the season with one legit point guard, maybe I guess one and a half with the time that Flynn has missed. Um, very good point guard, but still like it, it's difficult. Most teams can't operate with one point guard on their roster. And, you know, even if that person is an all-star, um, I, it, it's just a team. I Like I said, the best way I could say it is I would want nothing to do with them. If I am the Heat, if I am certainly the Sixers, which every day it kind of seems like there's, you know, figuring out the James Harden situation and that fit um, to the point now where I've seen people on Twitter that I actually respect say like, man, do you, is it a for sure certain thing that like when Harden's deal is up that you're like, what are you giving him contract wise? Obviously you have to give him the max or else he's going to leave. But like, do you want to do that? What sort of contract do you want to lay out for this man? Given what you've seen, which remember two, three games in, we were ready to throw parades for the Sixers. our, Our editors were asking for stories. Like we want to write stories on the reaction for the Sixers and, how they look with Harden and how great they look. I'm like, no, nah, I don't want that responsibility. <laughs> Mostly because I don't want to look like a clown, you know, mm-hmm. two, three weeks later. And yeah. at least I'm not wearing clown shoes. But uh, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it's it, it's like you said, I don't know which DEFCON it is either, man. But it's uh, if they lose in the first round to a lower seated team that legitimately like flat out beats them. Yeah. There's going to be some conversation. You, you know that uh, Charles Barkley meme, not meme, but just a, we are going to have a dial. We are going to start a dialogue or whatever. It says. <laughs> Dialogues are going to be had in Philly if this happens uh, about Maury as well. I mean, like, because you, you know, the idea that people were the heist that he pulled off to get James Harden. At a certain point, we're going to need to have a conversation about Harden turning it on and off. And the idea of like, OK, I there's something to be said is- for. What is on right now? Like, like there's a, there's a certain like part of what I think is so interesting. We have the all NBA conversation is just, you know, and you and I always have this conversation about like why I always say I would take Giannis as my number one guy in the league right now. It's, it's just consistency as far as the injury stuff. Um, I mean, obviously you could put Jokic in that conversation too, given that he hasn't missed time, but I just think the consistency of having somebody that's going to play night in, night out, play well, and effort and everything else. Um, and it's, it's, it's a tough scene right now, given what does on look like for Harden in a year where Embiid has been healthy. Like it's tough. It's, it's a tough scene and I don't know what to expect, but the trajectory of where the Raptors are at versus the Sixers, if the, if they have to play each other in the first round, good luck. If you're Philly, good luck. I don't want to bury the Sixers long-term because I do think they still have Embiid. If they get spacers, better shooting, another ball handler, a third star beside Harden and Embiid, we'll see what happens. But this this team, no, sorry. Like, 0% chance of winning the championship. Uh, Harden was complaining about spacing after the Raptors game or mentioned spacing after the Raptors game. And Danny green hit like six threes. Like what are we, what are we talking about? I didn't even know that. I haven't even, like I said, I haven't seen, I didn't even know. So Danny green had a good game. Danny green was all doc was talking about in pregame, by the way, about just how valuable a guy is, which he is, but yeah, I don't know. Like there's parts of me that like, (laughs) 
if you could have just added James Harden to the roster without giving anything up, which life doesn't work that way. Um, you know, if you could have kept Curry and Drummond has been so important, you know, just in, in, in Brooklyn, quite frankly. Um, I don't know. I, I just think you shouldn't have to ask the question of whether something was lost when you add someone like James Harden. Um, and the fact that we're having that conversation is is not good, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Crazier things have happened. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Billy Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Okay, I want to quickly shift gears and throw this question at you. An email from a listener named Drew that is, I don't think we're going to spend too much time answering it, but uh, (laughs) Drew, shout out to you for writing it, and it's hilarious. Uh, Drew writes, Michael, Rohan, and Chris, continued great work. With all NBA teams on everyone's mind, I have a thought experiment. What would happen if your 2021-22 All-NBA first team played the Oklahoma City Thunder's current starting five, but you had to replace one of the All-NBA first teamers with yourself? Who wins? Can't wait to hear your answers. Uh, Drew, thank you so much. Um, I'll, I'll, you know, I'm going to throw it to you, Chris. Why don't you give, a, give us your answer first, and then I'll tackle it real quick. If you could give me even five seconds this is like this question is so funny just because it's like i don't without being mean because uh, i'm it's not it's not a criticism it, it, it very much reminds me of like a question i went to college i went to a school where a lot of people um it, it enjoyed uh things that come from the earth this strikes me as one of those questions where maybe i don't know anyway <laughs> Um, it's a fantastic question. Somebody asked me a question when my book was coming out. Um, what did they ask specifically? Anthony Mason and Charles Oakley versus 100 Reggie Miller sized Reggie Millers. Uh, who wins the fight? And it's very much like one of those sorts of questions. Cause I was just like, what? I don't even know where this question came from, but it's hilarious. Um, what I would say is, uh, I think the team, first of all, I've watched some brutal Oklahoma City games. And for all we know, Oklahoma City would probably still sit out Shea Gilgis Alexander. Um, so I'm going to go with the all NBA team with me on it because I mm-hmm. could at least just hide in the dunker spot or, you know, sit on the bench and give them more spacing. And they'd probably just do better four on five. They would and win four Oklahoma- on five. Oklahoma City would tank the game anyway, and we'd be fine. So, I mean, I I wrote a a small piece of my notebook last week about how uh, 
how funny it was that Oklahoma City and Detroit, like this back and forth they're having for like the the third worst record so that they can be included in the top odds for the lottery and how silly so it's bad. gotten where the Pistons, <laughs> so the Pistons are like sitting guys out in the fourth quarter, the entire fourth quarter when they're in like a four or five point game just because they and they're playing guys that join the team hours before the game just to try to, you know, they're trying their best to not win too much as they're on a hot streak at the end of the season. But I think Oklahoma City, I remember they, within one day, they like ruled three or four guys out for the season all on the same day with injuries, which I'm sure they're legitimately injured. I think they're legitimately injured. Let me not be too certain about it. But like the fact that they ruled all of them out at the same time, I was like, oh, this is interesting. And um, I don't know. So anyway, I'm, I'm going to take the all NBA team and not think too much about it. I think legitimately four on five, they probably can win. Uh, against Oklahoma City if they're not playing certain guys for sure I am also picking uh myself uh and for first team all NBA players and honestly I'm just like why doesn't this made me think about why Oklahoma City doesn't just sign like the starting five for the Harlem Globetrotters for the last week of the season just so we could like see a show when they play, like at least it would be super uh, entertaining and uh, just. Oh man! I, you what you, is you just asked why? Why don't they sign? <laughs> what it's a weird <laughs> entertainment industry, you know? Like I, what the players that they sign, I, I do not want to belittle them any further than I already have. Uh, but I don't know what their long term. Uh, future is in the NBA on an NBA roster. They're they're playing minutes. Big minutes, huge minutes to in, to lose. So I like it's a sham. Um, they, but, they did sign my boy Simpson from Michigan, though, who's like the best hook shot shooter since Kareem. He made me think of the Harlem because he is a Harlem Globetrotter type of player. He's like yes, six he feet is, tall, five foot six shots. or whatever yes. he is. Yes, he <laughs> exactly. is. I mean, I'm sitting here. I'm, let me not do that because he's probably taller than I am. But still, I mean, it's just. Uh, it, it, it's wild. It's wild stuff, man. It's uh, it is always entertaining to see the thunder at the end of a season when they realize they don't want to win anymore. Essentially, Shea Gilges. I mean, look at how they were playing. I I, I think I've more on the pod. Look at how they were playing last year before they shut him down. They were essentially winning every other game with him in the lineup. They were like a 500 team with him in the lineup for that time right before he sat out for mm-hmm. I don't know how many games that was over. Maybe 12, 13. But like he, their their roster for how much they try to tear stuff down, their roster is still too good generally to be as bad as they want to be, and um, that's the reality of kind of where they're at. The Pistons have really found a, a player in in Sadiq Bay, not found. I mean, they drafted him obviously, but um, you got guys going for fifty. Those are guys you have to sit out. You maybe don't have to, but that they're sitting out in close games just because they and then it was really funny when they had to play each other like a week ago of the Pistons and the Thunder just because again I don't know that anybody truly wants to win but the players do they've got a job to do and uh it's hard to tear it all the way down I guess for those two teams or at least for right now yeah okay well this was a very fun question thank you Drew from football playoffs to basketball madness 
TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. All right, so this is the main course of today's show, Chris. Uh, the season is basically over. Uh, there's really, I know this. everything's very close. There's a lot of candidates for All-NBA and for MVP, at least for the last two slots. But I feel like enough basketball has been played for you to, to submit your decisions, to write them in ink. So we're going to go through All-NBA first. Do you want to start third team or do you want to start first team? I'll leave it uh, up to you. Let's do third team first. Okay. Well, no, oh, let's do first team. <laughs> okay. Let's do first team because I'm going to just get my stuff out of the way right now because you're going to hate me. Our listeners are going to hate me, but I'm legitimately going to take this weekend to finish the last of it because I I'll just be real with it. I know who my top two candidates for the award are for MVP. I have uh-huh. no clue still, like who I would pick between Jokic and, and Embiid. Like I, maybe leaning a little bit, but I don't, I don't know. And so I this disappoints be, me, honestly. I know but. it does. You gave me homework to do, but like I, I legitimately haven't figured it out. It's frustrating me to not know it. Maybe it's just because I've actually got a vote this year, so I'm taking it more seriously. But I do you want to? Ju- okay, can we just start with MVP then? Because we're we're already we're, okay. So. Because I've ruined it. I'm sorry. No, you didn't ruin anything. But I've I'm, ruined it all, Michael. I'm sorry. When I when I hear Embiid and Jokic, like I could go either way. Can you just can you make the case to me for Embiid? Why completely, you feel that completely. way? Completely, completely. Because I think it comes down to a couple things for me, and I I did not expect to feel this way because I think generally speaking, lately I've leaned. Jokic and I know you you certainly have your opinion on that um I think what's starting to bother me a little bit about it is that for so much of what we're talking about um the 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 statistics that we're talking about defensively for Jokic like I I can't look at for me the eye test doesn't make enough sense to why Jokic has been such a dominant defender for the last few years, but he has. And there have been times where if Rudy misses games, if you look at the Raptor defensive stuff, 538, where I used to work. So obviously I understand some stuff about these numbers. He would outpace someone like Gobert defensively. And so when I look at a lot of the advanced numbers that are picking up something, and I, I, I'm willing to acknowledge that there's something there that I'm not seeing that a lot of us are not seeing. I'm well aware at this point, I test analytics, whatever, that Jokic is not a bad defender. 
I'm willing to acknowledge that he's an above average defender. What I'm not understanding and what I'm not understanding about what the numbers are capturing is like what makes him a great defender, particularly for someone that drops quite a bit, particularly for someone that like isn't pinning people's shots to the backboard. I, I understand he has a lot of steals. Um, I understand how he's active. I understand that, you know, I was podcasting with Zach Lowe earlier in the week that he kind of stunted people a lot or kind of essentially psychs them out in terms of making them think that he'll jump at their shots or lunge at their shots when he doesn't. Genius cat and mouse, big role man defender. Like, that's what he is. But yeah. Okay, before you before you go any further, I don't mean to cut you off, but I asked you to make the case for Embiid over Jokic. Are you getting oh, I, to that? Oh, no, no. That? I'm sorry. I, I thought that you were at... So for me, that's a big part of it, though, is that I think Embiid is legitimately, like... I think that Jokic has an advantage on Embiid offensively as far as some of the numbers are concerned, even though Embiid leads the league in scoring. Um, defensively, I... Yes. I, I, I think Embiid is, is, is better defensively, and, like, I'm not sure how or why the advanced numbers are decidedly showing Jokic. But I also feel like because of that, when you factor in the idea that Jokic has an advantage on Embiid offensively with a lot of the advanced numbers, which I do understand, if that's what's creating the gap here, the sizable gap here, and I'm not understanding that part of it, I'm not just kind of willing to say I'm voting for him. I do readily understand that Jokic, um, that he's played without, the compliments of like his two best players um, for me Embiid, like I, we just sat and talked about part of why I feel the way I do about Embiid Embiid's numbers have gotten better in the second half as well. Just like Jokic's have. Um, I'm looking at Embiid play with a guy that as good a player as Harden is like, I'm not sure he compliments him super well. We just talked about how we're not sure that this makes the team even capable of getting out of the damn first round. Um, so and it's also someone that has the ball in his hands a lot, but I'm, I'm not sure that they've really built this team in a way that really helps Embiid. Um, I'm willing to acknowledge that there's a, a slight difference between the lack of clarity with whatever the hell was happening with Simmons and the clarity of knowing that my guys are out. I have to do this, which does not make it easier for Jokic. Um, but I, I will admit this is a lot of what he was doing last year. At its best, he had Michael Porter standing still last year scoring. He mm-hmm. wasn't putting the ball on the floor. He wasn't distributing the ball to people. Jokic was asked to do that. And so he's asked to do more of it, but it's also something that he's kind of been doing. Michael Porter also missed time last year, and obviously Murray missed time last year. So on some level, what that's given the Nuggets a chance to do is at least find guys that complement him better. Not to say that that's easy, but... When you look at the on-off stuff, because of how well Boogie has played, they've also find that they found a way to compliment him off the bench to get. They've got maybe the strongest bench in the league statistically. Um, so that that would be my rationale is that I think Embiid has played a lot more. I think last year the race in MVP would have been a lot closer. Although I still would have taken Jokic, even if they played the same amount of games last year, um, we would have had a close race last year had Embiid been healthy. Embiid has been healthy this year. Um, and Embiid has been fantastic. And I feel like with both of them, both of them tend to, you know, watch their teams not do as well when they're off the court. But with Embiid, I watched them play the 
you know, whoever it is, it'll be the Pistons. And they'll go from having a 27 point lead. And then Embiid has to come in and, you know, play fireman and put the fire out. So I feel like I watched that a lot with that team, even with Harden being there. So I, I expected for the race to kind of be one-sided once Jokic, um, you know, once Harden was on the Sixers, just because I figured Harden's going to make life so much easier for Embiid. And that was true for two, three games. Um, but it just has not been the case for the rest of the season. So I, I just think it's closer than what people realize. And I, I'm a little bit thrown off again by something that shows such a decided advantage when the eye test doesn't really suggest that to me on that end of the floor. And I feel like that is where we're looking at the sizable, sizable gap that the advanced numbers keep pointing to Jokic in the way that they do. Um, so that's what I would say. Okay. Um, I mean, I think it's, I think it's close in the sense that Embiid has had a, unbelievable season that is deserving of an MVP. He would win MVP almost in any year in the past 10 years with the season that he's had and the storyline and the circumstances and everything. Absolutely. The thing is that Jokic's season is historically great. It's the highest PER in the history of the NBA. It's the third highest true shooting percentage among players in the history of the league who've taken at least 1,200 shots. When you look at the on-offs, and I really love on-offs for value for most valuable player because that's the word valuable is in the awards name. And if we want to change the name of the award, we can do that. We can say most impressive player. We can say best bleeping player in the world. We can do we can change it. But right now it's most valuable player. So who's the most who's the player who when he is off the floor, the team collapses? Statistically, when Jokic is on the floor, I have these numbers right in front of me. The Nuggets are a 62-win team, according to Cleaning the Glass, when Jokic plays. When he is off the floor, they are a 17-win team. That 45-game difference is by far the biggest differential among all players in the NBA. Like, no one touches that. Um, Embiid's is plus 29 Antetokounmpo's is plus 25. Again, Jokic is plus 45. Um, You look up and down. I know all the advanced stats point in Jokic's direction. He leads. He became the first player in NBA history last night to grab 1,000 rebounds, score 2,000 points, and dish out 500 assists in a season. First player ever to do that. Uh Oscar Robertson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Will Chamberlain, uh, Kevin Garnett. These players have all come close. LeBron James. No one has ever done that before. And, like, I just, yeah, I, I don't know what, where, what, how they, like, if, the Nuggets have won 48 games. The Sixers have won 49 games. Like the the seeding argument, the I don't care my about MVP, the seeding. I don't care. My MVP about needs the to win X amount of nope. games or be yeah. in X seeding. It's like okay, no, absolutely not. Sorry. Uh, so I just I look at. Uh, I mean, there's just countless ways to look at it, and I always come back to Jokic's is the best player in the league and the most valuable to his team. And like, there is no one 
on the Nuggets who is as close to as good as Tyrese Maxey. There's no one on the Nuggets who is as close to as good as Seth Curry. Sorry to Aaron Gordon. Um, That might be a, you could make a little bit of an argument there, but I, I think Seth Curry is better. James Harden, I mean, as poorly as he's played, as disappointing as he's played, like, come on. Like, Will Barton, Jeff Green, um, Monte Morris, and who am I missing to round out? And Aaron Gordon. That lineup has played um, the most minutes out of every five-man unit in the league, I think, this season, or maybe second most. And they're plus 128, which is best in the league or second best in the league to the Boston Celtics starting five before Rob Williams got hurt. I'm going off the top of my head. I apologize. But I was just looking at these numbers yesterday. Um, So it's just like it's just wild stuff that he's done. And uh, we probably spent way too much time (laughs) going. We have a lot to get to. But but no, your your point is well taken. It's not to say all I'm saying is that to me, it, it. it bothers me that it's just so obvious, like from that standpoint, maybe it's that I'm taking for granted certain things that he can do because you're right. If the team takes off because of him and solely because of him, you know, maybe those players are trash when he's not there at all. The guys that you just talked about that lineup, you just talked about that. If they can't do anything with him, not there, that's one thing they've been, they've been able to hold their own with him off the floor since the all-star break, which they've made some additions and some tweaks. They're basically neutral with him off the court during the all-star break. That's what I'm talking about. Those like where I think the idea of me expecting Harden to have been a huge difference maker for them. And obviously it's James Harden. So even if we're taking like a, a, a diminished version of James Harden, your point is very well taken that like, it's still James Harden. What I'm saying is that if someone is a bad fit for a team, I don't think you could just look at it and say it's James Harden. Mm-hmm. And given that, like if if Embiid has to do more, if Harden is just throwing the ball away, if Harden is not playing any defense, things that take away from what makes your team the things that make your team as good as it could be, I guess. I don't know. I, I, I'm still willing to accept that that Jokic might be my MVP. Um, all I'm saying is that there's some stuff that I think that is at least relatively unexplained for me as far as like, I'm used to looking at numbers and being able to make sense of them very quickly. It's what I had to do for a living at 538. It's still part of what I have to do. Um, and sure. I haven't heard anybody articulate exactly what they think that is. Not that it's anybody's job to, but it would be nice. Um, and Jokic consistently rates out as one of the very best defenders in the league, period. Better than someone like Embiid, even though it does not look that way to me. Um, and you know, so, so whatever that is, it, it is what it is, but the, the seating stuff, I don't give a damn about, I, I couldn't care less about that because they basically have the same number of wins. And I tend to think that like, okay, if we're accepting that Embiid has at least teammates that are decent in some cases relative to what Jokic has, I, maybe I would expect Embiid to have a couple more wins. Uh, based on some of that. But I'm just saying that I think some of the craziness with that team, uh, I, I do factor that in. Like, I at least think that Denver is competent most of the time in a way that maybe the Sixers have not been with some of the, the ways that they've handled things. 
um, and the craziness with Ben Simmons. So I don't know. I, I like I said, I'm I'm legitimately up in the air. Like I'm, I don't want it to sound like I'm ironclad. I'm just like to me, I'm always a little weirded out when it's so obvious. But keep in mind, last year I wrote a piece for us in what what month was it? March. You were the ahead beginning of, the of March. When I said Jokic curve. is the MVP, every even if everybody else is healthy, and they weren't. But to me, so like I'm willing to call it when it's really, really obvious to me. Mm-hmm. It's been weird to me though that it's just been so obvious to everyone else. But Jokic fulfills what I would think most people see as an MVP when you're leading your team and everything. So I get it. There's part of me that maybe when you come into a season and you know that's exactly what's being asked of you, maybe it's easier to do that than when it's like you've got something looming over your head and then you get someone that's supposed to come in and help and they actually don't do it. Mm. Uh, which maybe that's a knock on Harden more than it is on the Sixers. But like Harden has not been good to the point where he lifts them at all with what we're looking at. And I don't know how much that should matter, but it's part of what I'm thinking about. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. We got to kind of, I don't want to say zoom through this, but uh, we're not going to spend as much time arguing or having a conversation over one and two and Jokic and Embiid with everything else. So I'm just going to read you my entire ballot. And um, so I have Jokic one. I'm submitting this over the weekend. I have not submitted it yet, but this will be what I submit. I have Jokic one. I have Giannis two. I have Embiid three. I have Jason Tatum four. And I have Steph Curry five. Hmm. That's going to be my MVP ballot. Steph at five. That's interesting. Okay. Steph at five. Uh, I feel like the t- <clears throat> the tier there in the four or five, you can have Luca. That's great. We're pick we're splitting hairs. You could have Luca. You could have Book. Um, Steph Tatum. Like who is there? Anyone else I'm missing? Who's kind of in that four or five range tier? That the only person that I mean, as of a few weeks ago, that I'd been considering was somebody like Morant. But I, I feel like there's not much argument there. We just had a conversation case. over most valuable when your team wins 20 games without you out of 23 or whatever it's been. Uh, I mean, he's, he's been missed fantastic so much time. this year, but yeah. he's missed a lot of time and his team has been better, you know, record wise without him than they were with them. So, uh, no, I don't think there's a case there. So I, I really feel like there's a case where maybe six or seven people could have your vote. But that's about that in my mind, what I would think. Uh, Chris, it's time. What's your ballot? So I have those two guys at one and two that we obviously talked about. I still have not locked that in. Obviously, I've not submitted my ballot yet. I had Giannis three, Luca at four, and Tatum at five uh, for mine. So I'm pretty much in lockstep with what you said as far as those guys and consideration. I feel like most people's ballots will probably look like that as far as some, you know, Maybe someone's in one spot or the other, but I kind of feel like those five, I feel like those five, maybe Booker will be most people's top five or top six. Um, I'm interested to see how many people have Steph in their top five. Um, We'll see. Yeah, you know, that was, I just kind of clung to him as like Luca. I could, I, Luca and Steph was very, 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 very close for me. Um, the Steph thing is just it, – it always just comes back to value and look like nothing against Luca, but – and I know this is like circumstantial and weird and 
it has to do with how rosters are structured and there's a lot of noise involved. But like the Mavericks are like fine when Luca isn't on the floor. Like I understand his his usage and all the things he does on offense when he's there, but they're also really tricky to defend and they defend really well when he's off the floor. So it's yeah, but I, I again, if you have him four, that's great. People will probably there might be some voters who have him even higher. I I can't wait to mm. see. He People's had a balance. slow start to the season. Him yeah. and Tatum both. I mean that that's right. kind of what's been weird about this year is that I just there were very like few guys that beginning. Yeah, there were very few guys that beginning to end were just great. Steph is another good example of that. So Steph I, I just in the straw poll. The first straw poll, he was like the unanimous MVP winner. Right. In December. I mean, this is easily since I've covered the league the most that the conversation has shifted where it really went. It's really gone through two or three different people, but completely different. You know, Steph was dominating the poll. Then Embiid was dominating the poll. Now Jokic is dominating that poll. So it's just I, I can't ever remember three different people kind of wearing the hat during the same season. Or if they were, it was like relatively close. And all of these vote totals have been way different. My opinion has shifted on those people um, to some degree as well. But I I don't know. It, it's been a weird year uh, from that standpoint. So I, I don't know. I don't even know how my own effing ballot is going to shake out. But it's it's been a, a strange year. Whoever wins will be super, super deserving because it's just a, it's not an easy year to um, to make a lot of these calls. I would not even just say MVP for me, but just the All-NBA. I actually think All-NBA might be easier than normal just because you've had so many guys that have missed time. You don't have to consider someone like Dame, uh, Kawhi, you know, Kawhi Paul George. Paul George yeah. So it's it, it actually feels easier to me than it would normally be, but it's still difficult, um, which tells you about just the caliber of the players, obviously, and how, you know, how much some, certain guys are propping up their teams. Okay, so speaking of all NBA, let's get back to that. Uh, let's do first team first. Okay. Uh, my first team is my two guards are Steph and Luca. Two forwards are Giannis and Tatum. My center is Jokic. So my first thing I just want to say is that you know the big. The big thing here is that, you know, trying to get all the best players on first team, regardless of position, I I hope in the future that is how it is done. And I hope that we can ignore positions and just do this thing and just grade out the top 15 guys and rank them like that. That's not how it is right now. So to have the option of voting for players who do not play a certain position and putting them at that position makes absolutely no sense to me. Uh, Joel Embiid is a center. Nikola Jokic is a center. If you feel one is better than the other, one has to go in first team, one has to go in second team. That's just how I feel about that. Okay, what is your first team, Chris? No, I agree with that. And and once I situate what the hell I'm thinking in my head, we'll, we'll iron out one versus the other. I, I'm not going to put them on the same team because I also don't like what it does down ballot to do that. Um, so I will pick one. I don't like that it's designed that way. I feel like the league is trying to provide wiggle room to not have those two guys on, you know, one of them on the second team when one will probably finish as the second in the MVP voting, which I get it. Um, it's a kind of a rare problem, although they would have run into the problem last year too, had Embiid played more. Um, 
So my team is is similar to yours. Like I said, I'll have one of those two guys at center. Um, Giannis at one of the forward spots, Tatum at the other. Um, Luca at one of the guard spots. Then I picked Booker instead of Steph. So we had the same team aside from that. Okay. I have nothing to quibble with. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Let's move on to second team. Uh, My two guards are Ja Morant. And uh, Trey Young, my two forwards are DeMar DeRozan and Kevin Durant. My center is Joel Embiid. Uh, do you have any questions about my team, Chris? Uh, any yeah. thoughts? Any reactions? I'm a little bit surprised that you didn't have Braun on the second team, but I'm not going to quibble. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a competitive year. That would probably be my one question. Um, but no, I mean, other than that, no. So the, the, the one I was expecting to hear, hear back from was Trey on the second team. No, nope. You're not going to hear that from that? me. He, okay. I mean, That's cause you're a smart I, he, guy. He's not on my second team, but I'm also not going to like look at you like you're crazy. I mean, the dude's numbers, look at his numbers and then look at Steph's numbers this year. Like, yeah, Trey's like their true shooting identical. The, the knock uh, on Trey for years has been like, he looks to be more of like, I mean, he, first of all, dude launches up shots from the other free throw line, mm-hmm. you know, as far as where he's shooting from. <laughs> so, Maybe it's not even fair to have an expectation for him that he's going to make like a league average number of threes percentage wise. Dude was at 38 something percent this year Um, on his volume on. Think about where he shoots from on a team that ain't that much offense coming from that team. If it's not him creating it, Uh, you know, basically right at the top of the league and assists again, I think, you know, right at the top of the league and scoring basically. Um, which is what he's done for a few years now, but again, doing it on a new level of efficiency. So the defense concerns are always there. They still are for him, but you're not going to hear a huge, huge knock out of me for putting him second team. Like I said, my question would have been more about like LeBron and, and why he wasn't mm-hmm. second team, especially if somebody like KD was with the games missed, but, um, but no, I'm, I'm good with it. I mean, honestly, I'm a huge Trey person. I watch a lot of Hawks, and I don't think anybody has the type of uh, offensive responsibility he, de- he does in the entire league just in terms of 
how he makes plays for his teammates. And I think he's first in total assists and like second in total points, something like that. Um, like mo- one of the most efficient, if not the most efficient pick and roll operator, despite his volume being first in terms of pick and rolls initiated, just he's, he creates problems that uh, no one can solve. Uh, the floater, the mid-range pull-up, the 35 pull-up, 35-foot pull-up, logo threes. Offensively, he's almost uh, he's almost perfect. And defensively, it's the exact opposite. <laughs> I acknowledge that 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but when you're that special offensively and uh, you make the game so much easier for your teammates... Uh, I just think that that is really that's worth something, and that's all NBA uh, caliber stuff. And he I better make a like, team. He better I, make yeah, a that's, team. That's what I was thinking. I was like, Hawks fans I, tweet me, and they're like, "Is he going to be on your team?" I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah." Like, I mean, but he deserves to be. And it, it's I, I get like record wise and everything. That th- this would be the equivalent, essentially. This is going a little bit far because LeBron is six eight and defends uh-huh. occasionally or defends when he wants to. Um, it would be the equivalent of basically saying, like, is LeBron going to make your all NBA team? Uh, just based on like the production, the offensive production, except Trey's producing more from an assist standpoint and that he's a, you know, again, a better shooter than LeBron is. So it's kind of wild to me, but I, I know we have to consider records in this stuff, or maybe we don't. Maybe it should just be the best 15 guys. They could lose every game and you're not concerned about whether they should be all NBA. Um, Trey Trey's deserving and and hopefully he makes the team to to show that because I yeah he definitely deserves to make the team. So okay, tell me your your second team. Morant, Steph, LeBron, Katie, and then again one of Embiid or Jokic. Once I make a decision on that, um, but to me, you know, it's just not having had Steph on my first team. I think he clearly deserves to be either first team or second team. I, I would probably put him on my second team. Same with Morant, you know, a guy that I think had an MVP caliber season just statistically. Um, mm-hmm. I think his team took off in part because of just how much of a jump he made. Um, but again, his team also took off when he set out. Uh, so, you know, um, he also missed a lot of time, even relative to like Steph and and Chris Paul. You know, I think he missed the most time of any of the guards that really was under consideration for first or second team. So, you know, that's why he's on second team. Um, you know, LeBron still could have a case for, you know, the scoring crown, um, in a year where his team was trash, but he was pretty incredible to watch him, particularly in the second half to just go for 30, 35 plus like every night in the second half of the season. Um, so I think he deserves a spot and then KD, it should be kind of a self-explanatory. You know, I think, you know, you and a lot of other folks out there feel he's the best player in the world when he's healthy and when he can play and he'd be first team if he didn't have the knee injury and right for me i'm like i mean just just like insane and watching what he had to play with this year and play through and just kind of the silliness although he seemingly excused a lot of it just because he's boys with Kyrie, whatever um i mean he's just as good as they come so you know second team felt appropriate for him too so LeBron DeRozan is one of those extremely close calls. DeRozan in the clutch uh, has just been uncanny all season long. 
uh, I think statistically, like if we're just looking at like, okay, LeBron, if we're just, okay, if we're taking out the age and how impressive that has been when you factor in being a 37-year-old and playing all those minutes as LeBron has, it's like DeRozan isn't super young and like the minutes disparity is kind of massive and statistically they're they're mm. very close so i wasn't i just felt like i wanted to like reward DeRozan for contributing to a winner in that sense as opposed to lebron who the lakers like he has a negative net rating this season that's like that's wild for lebron james i don't care who's around him he's played tremendous basketball um, that kind of when we're trying to split hairs here, that that kind of nudges it a little bit for me. But I have a thing. The thing about LeBron that's just so been so amazing is uh, I think he's like second among all players in field goal percentage in the restricted area among all everyone who's taken at least a hundred shots or something like that. Like seventy five percent in the restricted area, like. Just wild stuff from LeBron, and he's getting there a lot. So, like, if you have him second team, that's fine. And I wonder how many will have him on the first team, frankly. There will be people who have him on the first team. I mean, he would have – let's be all the way real here. Um, He would have gotten MVP votes. He may still get a couple. I think it would be a little weird considering that they're not even going to make the play-in. And generally speaking, that's been an award that people take some of their cues from – standings so i maybe people will kind of be ashamed into not voting for him for that reason but if you take their record and you make it i mean well, how bad are they if you make their record eight games better which that's a lot of games it's 10 percent of the season um i guarantee you he would at least get some back-end mvp votes because like he's basically never scored this much before I think he had one season in Cleveland where he scored this much per game. Um, He still assists, you know, he's still LeBron. And like you said, I mean, there's some aspects of his game that I won't say as good as they've ever been, but like, they're not that, that far off. The, the difference is the longevity and not the longevity, but just the the availability, Um, which has hurt him. I think him having to play because of the situation they've been in has hurt him because he's, you know, he's had to play as much. And, And quite frankly, may end up losing the scoring crown in part because of it, because he has had to sit out these last couple games, which will technically make him ineligible to, you know, to be on the league leader list. I think what do you have to play 58? And I think he's played 56 or something like that. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to qualify. Um, I think he's going to be a game or two short, which I, I don't know. Like, Embiid might've passed him for how many points per game he's scoring anyway at this point. But I, I think Braun is right at 30 or slightly above 30. So it, it, it's just, I mean, look, I'm not going to ever get on someone for kind of rewarding winning. My my response to the DeRozan thing would be like defensively, I don't know what he's adding. I think the, you know, and, and I think the Bulls suffered for that and stopped winning, quite frankly, once the defense around him was was thwarted, you know, with, with uh, Caruso and Lonzo Ball. But he's bailed him out so many times. He had the back-to-back game winners. He's been, you know, on a team with another all-star, he's been the best offensive player they have by far. I think even more than Levine. Uh, Levine has been more spotty than him. Levine has not been as healthy as he has. In a year where a lot of people missed time because of COVID, DeRozan is going to play 
as close to a full season as really anybody on this list. He might end up having played more games than anybody on this list of guys that we've talked about so far, where he's going to end up with 77 games played or something, which I don't know if anybody on the first, second, or third team will do that. So um, you're not going to hear a complaint from me about that. I was just curious about why LeBron wasn't there. So that makes sense. Best mid-range shooter in the league. Sorry, Chris Paul, Kevin Durant. Just in terms of volume, DeRozan's been that this year. And then it matters to me, like, when we're talking All-NBA, total stats matter. He's got the most points in the league. Like, I just think that that, you like, the games are there. You're supposed to play the games. And so in this era of uh, load management, et cetera, if you're 32, 33 years old, and you've scored more baskets than anybody else in the world, then shout out to you. Like I, I, I'm applauding you, and and you're doing it efficiently. So okay, very good point. So okay, third team. Um, my two guards. Third team was hardest for me to do. Uh, my two guards are Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Two forwards are LeBron and Pascal Siakam. And my center is Cat. I will say real quick that I went back and forth for a long, 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 long time between Chris Paul and Donovan Mitchell. And I didn't. uh, Yeah. Ultimately, it was like as this if the season ended two weeks ago, I might have had Mitchell. Yep. But I'm just like. It's, it's, it's such a stupid thing to say, but like the vibes. No, nope. no, it's terrible. not because because I'm I'm in the exact same boat you are, man. Like I, I wrote my newsletter and led that with the Jazz about just. I mean, thank goodness for them that they won the other night in that game over Memphis. Obviously, is one of the first few games that Memphis has lost without Morant, so they almost beat the Jazz in Utah in overtime. Um, but no, the vibes are bad. And I think you're right. Like Rudy Gobert said it with Malika Andrews on ESPN yesterday. And I'm glad he said it. And I think there's probably a little bit of truth to what he's saying, where he's like the type of season that the team is having shouldn't fundamentally make a difference in me being defensive player of the year. Or not. I'm still making the impact. The team might not be as good around me. Like he didn't say it quite that upfront, you know, as far as the way he said it. But he was like, I mean, I haven't, nothing's changed about my production, which is pretty much true. Um, but the team is not, has not been great around him, certainly defensively and offensively. And I point this out in my newsletter Donovan Mitchell's basically been the worst shooter in the clutch this whole season. Um, so when we talk about where games are won and lost, and you talk about the DeRozan stuff and the reason that we kind of elevate him on the, the, He's on my third team, by the way, DeRozan. So, um, you know, I think you're right that he's probably a closer call to second team than what I even had him at um, with LeBron. Um, Donovan Mitchell has had a little bit of a rough year in that regard. Um, they've still needed his offense, but maybe I, I, it's like a chicken and the egg thing. I don't know if because they need his offense that badly that he suffers because of it, because he has to do so much, or if it's that for a team that has the best offensive rating in the league, should they be sharing the ball more? Should he be sharing the ball more to get guys, other guys' shots when he's struggling that much? And the fact that I can't definitively answer that question, that their offense just goes to crap at the end of games, 
um, in part because he's got a 41.4 clutch shooting percentage, which is only like it's 33rd out of 34 with guys that have taken more than 50 shots in the clutch. Uh, I don't, I don't know where to place that. Like to me, it's barely off my all NBA team, but it's off my all NBA team. And I, I don't feel great about it. He's had a, you know, counting wise, he's had a good season, but it just, it, it has not been super, super elite to me. And, um, I think that is where, you know, if the team is on the trajectory that they were when they were kind of duking it out for the second seed in the West with golden state, it was one thing because then naturally you're going to try to make room for somebody on your all NBA team when the team is playing really well and that they're, you know, third best record in the league, they haven't been that team uh, for a long time. And the vibes, like you said, have been bad six out of eight that they've lost. It had been six out of seven before this last game. So yeah, he's not on my team either. You want me to read off my team for 13? I would love for that. Okay. So I, I think we actually had in one order or another, just the same 15 guys. I had Chris Paul, Trey young, DeMar DeRozan, Siakam, and Towns on my third team. I think all of them are super deserving. Um, DeRozan, you know, was in the MVP conversation for a while, which I think was a little bit of an overshoot for people. I think they were kind of looking around. And it was, you remember the weekend that people started having that conversation. It was the weekend that he made those two game winners in a row. Um, The Bulls were unexpectedly in first place for quite a while in the East. So people are looking for someone to crown um, outside of the usual suspects. Um, you know, but I, I, I think he's still definitely deserving of all NBA. Um, to me, you know, one of the best arguments for maybe having Luca, or I'm sorry for having Booker where you have um second or third team is the idea that, and maybe for not having Booker as like an MVP candidate is the fact that I think him and Paul are both super, super responsible for the ebbs and flows of that offense. And so it's not just one guy. Um, I think you can make that argument pretty easily. So, um, you know, I had Chris Paul there for that reason, because I feel like he's just as responsible, if not more for their offense, doing what it does in Phoenix and keeping everything afloat. Um, Siakam is the guy that I feel like some people may not have on their team, which we talked about him earlier. He absolutely deserves a spot. He's been great defensively. He's been great offensively, maybe better than ever in recent weeks. And the difference being that he's running the show and being asked to run the show, particularly when Van Bleet's not there, um, distributing the ball, forcing teams to commit defensively to him, and then kicking the ball to open shooters and everything. And Towns, like to me, Towns has been the third best center in the game, and I'm sure Gobert won't like that. Um, we'll see. Gobert may make the all-NBA team because I'm sure a certain number of people will put Embiid and Jokic on the first team, which I don't like. But if that happens, you'll end up getting four centers. And Gobert will probably make it based on that if it happens. Um, but to me, I, I think Towns has just been too dominant offensively, and I think he's been fine defensively in a mm-hmm. year where Gobert's been dominant defensively and okay offensively. Yep, I a thousand percent agree. The one player I don't think we've mentioned, or I Jimmy guess Butler. team. That's exactly what I was going to say. The fact that yeah. the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Um, has no one on in all uh, either of our all NBA teams. Uh, Rough. And I thought about it though for a long time. I just couldn't get there. Um, were you closer to picking Butler or Bam for that? Uh Butler. 
But okay. Jimmy was Jimmy was um, Jimmy and Siakam back and forth. And then you look at it and you're like, okay, Siakam has played, what is it, like 600 more minutes? Something like that? Something wild. And yeah, it's like, Butler's missed uh, a decent amount of time. That's Butler's of also minutes. the one guy that uh, when I talked about guys that have really struggled in the clutch with their true shooting percentage, I said that Donovan Mitchell was 33rd out of 34. Butler was 34th. In, in terms of like worst clutch shooting percentages. So I, I kind of thought about that one long and hard. Um, I also think the heat one that this is an area where maybe the late climb to the top of the conference maybe hurt them where, you know, you've had Phoenix to talk about all year. So everybody kind of knows what their guys are doing and that their guys deserve to be in certain conversations with Miami. Um, I think they're a team where they get so many contributions from so many guys whether it's Bam, Hero's going to run away with the sixth man in a way that nobody has in years. Um, obviously, Butler. But because you've got so many guys that are all... And Lowry, obviously, is like a plus-minus savant. Um, when you have all those contributions coming from that many guys, I feel like it's harder to kind of pinpoint one guy and credit him for a lot of it. So I think Butler kind of hurts from that. Pers- he's hurt by that as well, um, aside from the fact that he's just kind of struggled in certain moments of the game. So... I, th- I feel really good about the Siakam pick. I, I thought about it, but didn't think about it that hard because I just think he's been great. Um, and I think he's been just as good, basically, defensively as Butler has. Well, Chris, we did it. How do you feel? Do you feel good? I feel great. Nope. Nope. Because I, I, I copped out and I'm still going to I'm still going to okay. have to think about this more. But uh, it's it's it- I guess on some level, this is what you should want. Maybe not for people to take cop outs, but for people to to sit and think long and hard about why they're making the pick, how they're making the pick, if it's the pick they want to make. Um, you know, but you've given me a lot to think about with some of the minute stuff. <laughs> um, and, and and just some of the Jokic stuff, because like maybe I'm, I'm probably too in my head about it. Um, but I like the more I've thought about it, I, I have had I, at some point, I, I maybe maybe that's a story that we need to tackle or one of us needs to write just like down to a T of like what the numbers are capturing about Jokic and his, his ability on defense that I'm not because mm-hmm. I see it, but I don't see that like all mm-hmm. of that. And I, I would love to understand what I'm missing there to some extent. Um, well, on that note, Jokic is the MVP. Anyone else who picks otherwise <laughs> is dumb. Uh, all right, so uh, Chris, thank you so much. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Thank you to our listeners. Please keep your emails coming. Openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. Everybody, please stay safe. Everyone, please continue to enjoy what is left of the NBA regular season. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. 
Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. <laughs> 